Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from 4 Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but, but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickhead you could say it's just it's, they're just there's good racing and i enjoy it yeah. from the racetracks across australia and around the world here's inside supercars hello and welcome to the program joining me to discuss the clipsal 500 from Ved x magazine it's john bannon good evening john good evening craig and from auto action now available on mondays it's lewis isaacs evening fellas how are you Good, thanks, Lewis. Big change for auto action coming out on a Monday now and uh, just reminding everyone that uh, that change has taken place. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fundamental shift from what we do, but, you know, the, the amount of work and, and reportage and user analysis is just kind of shifting, but I think it's a positive change for the magazine and, and mostly I think it's a positive change for the reader. They're getting more value for their money. Yeah, and, of course, VRX magazine is out now with the, uh, the spiffy fridge magnet on the front too, John. Yeah, the fridge magnet's pretty useful, actually. Uh, I've already got it up on on my fridge to, to map out uh, the events for, for this year. And, and, and of course, uh, we've got a big feature in there about Scotty McLaughlin and, and his title tilt, which, of course, didn't get off to the best of starts for the Clipsal weekend. But uh, there's no doubt he'll be a, one of the drivers to watch this year. He certainly had pace uh, over the three days. Yeah, very interesting with uh, the Volvo Scotty McLaughlin. He was looking good in the first race, Lewis, but it all came to naught on the formation lap. In yeah. fact, it was, yeah, was it the formation lap or was it heading out to the grid? No, yeah, the form- formation, formation lap. lap. Yeah. It's strange, you know, we, we spoke about the Volvo a lot last year and, and how quick it is. It's got this great aero package, the aluminium engine produces plenty of power and there was this alleged balance kind of um, advantage at the first part of the year, but the Achilles heel throughout the season was reliability. And the hope was, you know, second year round, they've kind of knocked those kind of things on their head and they could arrive at tracks with this Volvo-specific setup. But right from the get-go, you know, this, this car's having problems already. We saw in the race one, the uh, the engine went. The second one, there was a bit of an oil issue and, and weren't people complaining about that. And then in the final one, there were some electrical dramas that, poor, that caused poor Scott's uh, drink failure. So not the greatest start for Volvo and particularly when everyone kind of picked them as uh, the dark horse for the championship this year. Yeah, interesting to see just how much the uh, Scott McLaughlin bandwagon was rolling heading into the Eclipsal 500. One bandwagon that's back in force is the Red Empires and James Courtney taking out his second Eclipsal 500 in two years and John, four... Courtney to take that win and right throughout the weekend be up there and about along with the three other cars that are prepared by Walkinshaw Performance does bode well for their opportunities in 2015. Well, that's exactly right. And as an outfit as a whole, they were very impressive all weekend and especially Courtney. He was super consistent. He was up there in, in every session uh, and... If you go back to look at the tail end of last year, uh, you could see that, that HRT was certainly starting to make a resurgence. And if you look back in the history of, of various motorsport categories, uh, 1997 Formula One season comes to mind where McLaren uh, were really strong 
towards the last couple of races of that year, and then Mika Hakkinen went on and, and won 98 and, and, and 99. And you can't help but, but think that uh, HRT are in a similar position in 2015 in, in the V8 Supercar Series. And, and Courtney, uh, having beaten Win Cup in 2010, uh, knowing that he can do it and, and being the only driver, I guess, of, of the current era who, who has toppled uh, Courtney over the, the last several seasons, probably has a self-belief uh, that if he can put a consistent season together, if HRT can provide him with the car to do it, uh, then he, he is a, a championship threat. And I'd go as far as saying I, I genuinely believe that, that James Courtney can win the championship. What about you, Lewis? Well, I'm still not convinced it's the fastest car out there. And, um, you know, he had the pole, and that, that counts for a lot. But what impressed me the most was the ability to kind of capitalise when other people weren't. So we saw the pro-drive cars have a couple of issues. Jamie had his problems, but, you know, in particular, the two HRT cars were there or thereabouts. And what was also encouraging is you looked through throughout the field and you saw Slade was up there consistently. Lee was, you know, had his best round in the last couple of years, I guess you could say. And, and so that Walkinshaw package is fast, but, you know, I'm not convinced it's, it's the quickest, but I think, you know, right now, under Adrian's leadership, they've probably got the, the best package they've had in years and, and could possibly do something with it. But it all comes down to, you know, whether Red Bull bounce back from this because they are still, in my opinion, the benchmark. Yeah, indeed. And, and even Jamie on Sunday, he was having a bad day, but I think he still finished, what, fifth place in the end? So um, it was still solid points without, you know, without being uh, a great weekend in total for Red Bull Racing Australia. Yeah, but also Courtney proved in 2010 that you don't have to have the quickest car to, to win the championship. There was no, no way that he had the, the quickest car at DJR then. So... I think it really depends on how you make the most of those opportunities, and and we know how competitive the series is. We know that it's you know so easy to be tapped into the wall to have a mechanical failure or, or what have you. So James, like everyone else, will have their bad weekends, as will as will Jamie. But I think it really comes down to that individual driver who can put the consistent season together. We know Win Cup absolutely can. Can Courtney go with him, even if he has a car that's perhaps not quite as quick as that Red Bull? But adding to that, I think, you know, one of their strengths throughout the last few years, even in the rough periods, was street circuits. And we saw that at Sydney when they qualified well. You know, I think 2013, they, they had that breakthrough win at Townsville, and, and Courtney obviously won Adelaide again last year. So, you know, I'm not sure this is the fairest representation of, of where we're at completely, because they are good at those tracks. And somewhere like Simmons and those other smaller... Um, you know, standard race circuits will kind of give us a better gauge because Triple Eight were worlds apart, you know, from the rest of the field at Simmons last year. Mm. And that, that's true, and obviously, you know, you don't win the, the championship after after one race. So, you know, you, proof will be in the pudding halfway through the season, I guess. Yeah, indeed, and, and that is going to be an interesting one. Look, we'll take a break, but on the other side, we'll come back to the. 2015 Clipsal Wrap here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we're able to beat the two level two the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Uh, Lewis Isaac and John Bannon joining me, Craig Raffel. And guys, some of the other Clipsal stories quite interesting. Now, James Courtney, of course, took the Clipsal 500 with his win in the uh, 250 race on Sunday. But one into, uh, one incident that has really been uh, quite a catalyst was the fact that Shane Van Gisbergen Lewis dove down the inside. The contact was made after Courtney had made a mistake and opened the door. And uh, Shane let him go back past, let him do it going, oh, I don't know how the stewards would read this situation. I'll let him go past. I'm sure I can get him before the end of the race. Well, what we've seen from Shane, particularly over recent months, is that this is, is a newfound maturity. You know, he's always been fast. He's always been a bit wild. And, and sometimes, you know, he's, you could say irrationality got the better of him. But this was a completely rational kind of move he made, you know. I guess... Looking at it from his perspective, there was contact, there was an overtake, and he could think, oh, well, I'll put two and two together here and perhaps I'll get pinged. And it's better to lose one spot in a couple of seconds than it is to go through the pit lane. And, you know, last year there were mistakes that cost him the championship. He didn't miss out on it by that much. You know, it was only a round and a bit, really. And this has kept him in the game almost immediately. So um, it's not the, the race of spirit, I guess, to redress, but, you know, it, it's a sign that Shane has definitely grown up. And also, John, it was interesting how he approached the situation where he and Tim Slade had a bit of an issue in race two. And he was like, well, yeah, I, I would have done that when I was younger too. And very similar thing. He, he's playing, you know, Shane in the past has, has had this reputation for being really aggressive. And, and I think even uh, going back in the days that I worked for Auto Action, we used to do the, the driver's poll and he was always the guy that, the other drivers said that they didn't particularly enjoy racing. It was too aggressive or, you know, uh, you know, dives too much down the inside and all this sort of stuff. And he, in in making the decisions that he, he's making to, you know, if there's a bit of contact, well, maybe this isn't great for me, I'll, I'll pull back. He, as um, Lewis said, he's showing a real maturity and understanding this is, this is a long game, you know, th- this year. So he's better off losing... As, as Lewis said, one spot, then um, being uh, pinned with a penalty and, and finishing halfway down the field. Mm-hmm. We only look at Adelaide last year when they had that, that really strange drive-through penalty for him and Rick. You know, he was leading the race and, and probably should have won it, but both he and Rick had to go through pit lane and where did it put them? No one really remembers, but arguably you should have had an extra win there. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how everything will, um, will play out with... Uh, just maturity on drivers' parts. A break here on Inside Supercars, and then we'll be back with more in just a few moments. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. 
Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as best of the cars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and it's unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Hello, and welcome back to Inside Supercars. One driver who had a particularly tough weekend was David Wall. His first outing in the Volvo was hampered significantly by a serious burn on his right foot. In fact, his right big toe. Here's what he had to say to Inside Supercars. Yeah, no, pretty painful. Um, after that first race yesterday, we ended up with a, um, with a fair old burn that turned into a blister. Um, after the race and it's only growing each race so uh, pretty sore standing here after the Sunday one and um, Dr Carl's been helping me out with it, he gave me some injections and uh, bits and pieces to, to get me through, uh, which it did, nearly <laughs> nearly had 20, 20 laps or so at the end there, it was pretty painful but um, yeah, anyway, got through and got some points, we leave here 14th in the points um, you know, every session we went out we got faster we learnt more with the car, every qualifying was faster, so uh, in general happy but uh yeah i think there's more to come john bannon and lewis isaacs are still with us here on inside supercars this week as we continue to wrap up the clips or 500 the adelaide advertiser has polled the drivers this week and the drivers say we should have two 250 races and go back to the original design of the race i'm interested to hear what your thoughts are because we know right throughout the weekend the drivers were saying the 125s are a soft start to the season where the 250 used to be one of the toughest races of the year. Yeah, I'd like... I'd, sorry, Lewis. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think the drivers just really enjoy the challenge physically of the two of the two 250s. You know, for them, it's this immense kind of experience at the start of the year and, and a real test for them. But we've had two years of this kind of format to get used to it now. And, you know, I don't think anyone felt shortchanged on Saturday afternoon that there was two races and in particular the second one was an absolutely cracking event. I can, I can understand why Jamie might feel a little aggrieved perhaps that he doesn't get to, to show off his trophy on the podium but that's also something that's happened since I think 2013 was when they first started bringing in these two races on the Saturday and you know, it's just part and parcel of the sport now. There's broadcasters they've got to accommodate, there's fans in the stands they've got to accommodate. You know, whether that's better or not for the, the terms of the racing, I can't answer that. But, you know, this 125 seems to work, you know, as it is. But, you know, perhaps a 250 was the better option long term. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see just where uh, the South Australian motorsporting community or, and certainly SA events because the South Australian Motorsport Board will end come June 30 this year. So it'll be interesting how the negotiations go with V8 supercars on formats for the 2016 event. One thing we're pretty sure about 2016, we'll see the super trucks return to Adelaide, and they were close to a lockout, evidently, on Sunday uh, with 93 people. It's a $100,000 lock, uh, people lockout at uh, the Clipsal Parkland Circuit, or the Adelaide Parkland Circuit, and uh, I tell you what, the... Super trucks, word of mouth of them coming out, will probably bring in another four or 5,000 people, John. Oh, without doubt. And you, you could see it with the crowd 
uh, in the stands. They were absolutely loving it. Uh, it was a it was a form of entertainment that uh, we haven't seen uh, in in V8 supercars before. And you know, even speaking to to some of the the leaders in the other categories, I spoke to Clark Quinn over the weekend from Australian GT and. And he just said, this is the direction that, that we need to, to go in with, with our entertainment. And the crowd agreed. You didn't have to uh, see the media centre as well. Like We're all, we're all working as, as normal when all the other categories were on. And as soon as the super trucks uh, came up, all of a sudden the, the windows were full and, and everyone was absolutely captivated. So uh, there's no doubt that, that V8 supercars will be looking as to... Uh, bringing uh, this sort of entertainment back, but not only that, um, where else they can bring it back uh, as well. Yeah, my understanding, Lewis, is that uh, there's been loose discussions already with the uh, Stadium Super Truck people about Homebush. Yeah, and that's the perfect kind of event for it because we all know how fickle uh, my fellow Sydney fighters can be when it comes to uh, heading to a racetrack. But, you know, there's also talk that it could be a you know, an Australian version of the series, you know, perhaps leave a few trucks behind for, for next year. But you're absolutely right. It is this perfect entertainment category. It's this great mix of, of racing and excitement and and more of it, really, because everyone, and I mean, like, everyone watched it who was at the track. The grandstand, I'd say it was probably more full for those races than they were some of the supercar ones. Mm. And that's due respect to supercars. Yeah, indeed. A break here on Inside Supercars, and then we'll be back with more in just a few moments. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Bought Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be Inside a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with John Bannon and Lewis Isaacs. And guys, a sad day for Australian touring car racing with the announcement that Leo Gagan has passed away. Our thoughts go out to his family and, uh, and close friends because uh, Leo was certainly a very colourful character uh, in the motorsport fraternity, and uh, he had a, a great passion for Speedway, and uh, I know on a number of occasions he uh, had spoke to our family about his love of watching the uh, Speedway Royal at the Sydney Showground and how he thought those guys were crazy, and I, I know the people that used to watch Leo Gagan racing uh, also thought he had a, a very you know full-on spirited way of driving as well, so for him to hear... For him to say he thought other other motor races were crazy and he was just doing it line and length was always something that uh, we had a bit of a laugh over. But uh, he he was part of also Lewis a, a great legacy of Australian motorsport. Yeah, and it, it, it's sad that it, you know it takes this kind of moment for us to to reflect on that because you look at through at his achievements and and where he came from, it it, it seems like a, a really bygone era, you know the. The whole open wheel thing was just, you know, it sounds like a remarkable time in Australian motorsport, and and we, we've kind of lost that, I guess, you know, as other series have kind of have boomed. But yeah, you 
right. It is kind of um, this. This, I guess, oh, I can't really say anything else. But it's it's sad, really. Mm. Yeah, it is indeed. And as I said, our thoughts go out to Leo Gagan's family and and close friends. Uh, on another point, uh, Chas Mostert and Pro Drive Racing Australia. How do you sum up their weekend, Lewis? Uh, well, I guess compared to where we were a year ago, it, it's pretty evident that the one-lap speed still isn't there. You know, None of those cars from Pro Drive Racing Australia made the shootout on Sunday. But what is encouraging is the race pace. And I think for Chaz, everyone kind of expected this Bathurst win to be this, this tipping point for him where he would kind of take things to the next level. What was never in doubt was his outright speed. He's always been this... this remarkably fast driver but it was everything else that kind of came with it that there was a few question marks about and you know this weekend he was quick but he also seemed to be a bit of a magnet for trouble you know whether it was his fault or not you know that debate's going to rage on for a bit well now he put his hand up certainly when he spoke to me he said i made i made the mistake at the end of race three and uh he took full responsibility for that uh when he spoke to me so uh i thought that was Race two, well, race, the yeah, well, race two, he slammed it into the wall. There was no doubt about that. But yeah. I was surprised just how quickly people jumped down the, oh, look at Jamie wrecking the young guy. And so when I spoke to Chaz, uh, Chaz I, you know, I said, well, what happened? He, he went through and he said, it was my mistake. I, and uh, I, I thought that was quite mature because, uh, as you know, the only two people that really know what happened are Jamie and, and Chaz. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a racing incident, really. And as I think Ed and Senna once said, if if you no longer go for a gap, you're no longer a racing driver. And I think, you know, Chaz smelt an opportunity um, to to get past Jamie and and he he had a go. And, okay, maybe by his own admission, as you've said there, Craig, he didn't quite get it right. But if I was was managing a a driver and a team, you'd... Particularly when someone's young and up and coming, and, and they are a star of the future, you want them to have a go. You, you don't want them to sit back and, and 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 not. And okay, if he had sat back, he, he would have got the the points. But this is how this is how you learn. You, you learn from your mistakes in life, and you've got to remember that he had a great result in in race one. He finished second in. So the speed's there. He just needs the consistency and. And, and he'll get there, and that'll come in, in time. It, you know, it doesn't have to happen straight away. Mm. Well, it kind of does, though, if you want to make a championship push. And he's probably at the level now where he should. He's a second year in a factory-back, or pseudo-factory-back team, and, and there's no questions over his speed. But the net result after this weekend was a busted-up car and two DNFs, and really, that's not good enough for someone like Chaz. And as nice enough as he is, and, you know, as quick as he is, if he's serious about this, he's... he's you can't be doing that. Mm. Fabian Coulthard is in fourth place in the championship, guys, and uh, had a solid victory in the second race of the season. John, it was it was a, a heartfelt win, in fact, because of uh, the loss of uh, the paradise to the team. Yeah, and I think you know Fabian has had uh, was incredible. Like Courtney, was really incredibly consistent. You know, the the entire weekend and. And I guess it will just remain to be seen how much BJR can can continue that consistency over the the course of the championship. Uh, They certainly punch above their weight in terms of resources, and and Fabian as a a driver really um, lifts the whole team. And 
you know, I, I think it was it was I think it's great that we had three different winners, um, you know, to start start the championship. And yeah, I, it's it, it, it'll be tough for Fabian, I think, to, to produce that through the whole year. Will he have the car that'll be that'll be strong at at all tracks? Because this, this happened last year. His first six months were were incredible, and he and he was right up there. So, look, I, I I'd love nothing more than, than to see um, Fabian and, and VJR be at, be at the top uh, throughout the course of this year. But the, the reality is, I'm I'm not sure they'll be able to have the the consistency over the the 12 months that um, Red Bull and, and HRT may be able to produce. Lewis. Yeah, I think one thing in their advantage is you know a lot of people don't really consider them for the championship because they think they are this small team that that drops off towards the end of the year. And, you know, that's probably to their advantage because they can, they can slip through unnoticed. And that win on, on Sunday, or Saturday rather in particular, was was quite impressive in the manner he did it and just the message it sent to everyone. It's like, all right, I'm not here to collect a bunch of fourth places to try to get to the championship that way. I've got the speed to do it the hard way. And and that's something that, you know, perhaps we didn't see a lot of last year and that's what's impressed me early on. And, I, you know, I also think that Fabian's, He's a pretty serious character as well. You know, you look at him; he looks slimmer than than previous seasons. And you know, I dare say he's, he's worked pretty hard in the off season, and it's not all talk. You know, the the proof was in the result on Saturday. And he's got the maturity. He, I think he's at the right you know stage of his career that he knows what what he's got to do to deliver. And he'll have also been boosted by the results that he had last year. So, yeah, I think it is a real time for for them to to push and and um, to deliver a bit of a surprise, really. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how it all uh, how it all pans out there. But certainly, they've got a good engineering team. It's well based. It's solid. There's no reason why they can't take it to any of the uh, front running teams. It's just a case of uh, will they? And I, I think that's very much the question. Guys, we need to take a break. There's so much more we could talk about, but I guess we're going to have to uh, hold it over for another time because it's a final thought right after this. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels through the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to uh, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, rest of the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought from Lewis Isaacs. Oh, look, I'm just pretty wrapped the season started again. You know, it, it felt like the first day back at school to get to Adelaide, you know, and not just to see the new cars and all the new stickers and, and just experience Clipsal for what it is, but, you know, it, it, it really is a new era for the sport. I think there may have been some negativity last year about the media deal, but... Once we got to Adelaide, all that was forgotten about and, you know, reports from people on the couches that had Foxtel said it was a great thing and, and hopefully the series can, can build on that, you know. And, and more than that, Craig, it was, you know, great to see all my colleagues in the media centre again. It's just, it, it feels like we're, we're back up and running. Yeah, we definitely do feel back up and running now, don't we, John? Your final thought? I think despite all the various criticisms that have, that have occurred of late in terms of, 
uh, perhaps the amount of cars on the grid, uh, is V8 supercars going in the, the right direction with, with new rules heading into 2017. This weekend was proof, yet again, that we have, almost without doubt, the, the closest uh, touring car championship in the world. Uh, you know, you had three different winners. Uh, you, you had... Um, you know, the return of, of Marcus Ambrose and, and getting into the, the, the top 10 for, um, for DJR Team Penske. There, there were just so many good news stories over the weekend and, and, and talking points. And it's an incredible championship uh, with a very high um, calibre of drivers and teams that really are throwing everything uh, into this, this championship. And, and you know, all 25 drivers are, are separated, you know, by next to nothing. You know, we're talking second, second and a half, two seconds. There's, there's just nothing in it. And anyone on their day can win. And, and surely that's the, the beauty of, of the product um, that we currently have. Mm, indeed. My final thought is one that even though you've got one of the richest men in the world that now owns 51% of the team, Dick Johnson's not afraid of telling us what he really thinks. I think the new rules, which are coming out in 17, I believe, is right if I'm correct, Tim. That's going to level the field for everyone. When, when you sort of have a look here on Saturday and Sunday, the number of people that sit up in those stands, and the day they don't sound like they sound today will be a sad day. Dick Johnson there, and, uh, well, I don't know if the boss was as happy about him going off message as what the rest of us in the media were, but certainly V8 Supercars were not happy about it at all. Lewis, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me, Craig. Always John, look forward to catching up with you soon. You too, Craig. Thanks, Lewis. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. I hope you join us next week as we preview the Formula One Grand Prix races for the V8 Supercars. Until then, keep smiling. And bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars.